You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Matt Adams here with a game recap of the Week 14 matchup between the Indianapolis Colts and the Cincinnati Bengals. That one a 34-14 loss by the Colts in this one. And boy, not a lot of positive things to say here. Uh, the Colts are clinging to the seventh position in the playoffs right now. Next up for them, they've got the Steelers. That'll be at Lucas Oil Stadium, a 4.30 p.m. kickoff on Saturday, that game airing locally on CBS4. Now, let's just face it here. The Colts bungled this one in Cincinnati. Uh, penalties, poor defensive performance, zero running game, special teams breakdowns, just all kinds of things. Uh, I won't even call it a questionable coaching decision, but you've got to ask some questions about coaching as well. It's because this team has been so good in all of those phases, and Shane Steichen, we'll hear from him in just a little bit, talked about complementary football and how the Colts have been playing complementary football, and, and really that has been the case the last few games, the last few wins that this team's had. It seems like, you know, it, even if the offense isn't playing great, they're still making some plays, the defense is there to get turnovers, and the special teams have been solid, but this week nothing, nothing really worked out well for the Colts. I mean, for heaven's sake, the game started with Gardner Minshew getting sacked on the first play after the kickoff. And it was kind of a harbinger of things to come, not necessarily on, you know, Minshew being sacked a ton of times. He only ended up getting sacked two other times in this game, but it just kind of showed how things were going to go for the Colts in this one. Uh, they trailed 14 to nothing before showing some signs of life at halftime. Let's look at kind of uh, this, these sequences and how this all played out. The, the Colts' first two drives resulted in punts. They really didn't do much. Their third drive led to a doink from kicker Matt Gay. Had a rough game in Cincinnati this week. Usually solid, has been really good for the Colts all year this year, but this, this was a rough game for him, and he was not alone here. Now, the Colts did score on fourth and goal with a pass from Gardner Minshew to Mo Alley-Cox, but Gay missed the extra point. That made it 14-6 to in this one. Now, the Colts were the beneficiaries of a penalty in this, this case, in this drive. Uh, the drive kept alive thanks to roughing the passer call against Trey Hendrickson, and that allowed the Colts to convert a third and 14 in which it was looking like they were going to have to punt again. And, you know, they, they did manage to take that ball all the way down, but to just kind of show how difficult things were in this game for the Colts, you know, they, they faced a fourth and goal at the two and, you know, they decided to go for it because they were down 14 to nothing at that point, And they ran a little play action pass. Uh, Zaire Franklin, I guess it was the Zaire package again, Zaire Franklin out there on the field and, uh, you know, um, Minshew was able to kind of loft the ball up there. Mo Alley-Cox and his big frame go up and get it, and that got the, the Colts on the board. Now, on the very next drive, when the Bengals got the ball back, uh, Ronnie Harrison Jr. got a deflected pass and sort of just took it away from the receiver there, and he took it back 36 yards for a touchdown. The Colts converted a, a two-pointer there with a pass from Minshew to Michael Pittman Jr., and that tied the game at 14-14. to It would stay that way through halftime with the, the Bengals punting and then the Colts just kind of running the clock out to end the half there. And then when you got into the second half, uh, things really turned in this game. Uh, for the Colts, let's take a look at, I'm not going to break down, you know, each drive, what happened in each drive uh, in, in detail, but it was just, this was the Colts, this was how things worked out for the Colts in this second half. Punt, punt, interception, 
turnover on downs, and their last drive uh, basically ran out the clock. And, and we saw a, a Sam Ellinger sighting in this game. We saw Ellinger come in there because at, at that point the game was done. There was really no reason to, to put anybody else, uh, to put keep Minshew in there. So they, they put Ellinger in there to end the game. The Bengals, on the other hand, their, their second half drives touchdown, touchdown, a punt, and you put an asterisk near that punt because they, they actually didn't punt. I mean, they, they punted the ball. There was a punt that, that the Bengals had there, but they didn't turn the ball back over to the Colts because the Colts just gave it right back. Isaiah McKenzie, Amir Speed, having some sort of miscommunication on that punt, and it hit those players, and the Cincinnati Bengals recovered it. So even when Cincinnati punted the ball, they didn't actually punt the ball away to the Colts there. Their other two drives were a punt and a field goal there for Cincinnati. Cincinnati scored on four of their six drives in the second half, two TDs, two field goals, and as I mentioned, one of those punts became a turnover that eventually led to a field goal for Cincinnati. So just, you know, the, the, the Colts powerless to stop this Bengals offense in this game. And the Colts interception, by the way, the one that they threw, not the one that they got, came on a second and goal at the 25. If that kind of tells you what kind of day the Colts were having here, uh, that should probably do it, that you're second and goal at the 25-yard line because that's just not something that's supposed to happen. And that, that was another rough sequence for this team, and, and this was just a game that had a lot of rough sequences for this team. Now, what happened there was that the, the Colts had gotten the ball down to the 10-yard line, just inside the 10-yard line, so the first and goal at the 10. And it looked like they'd gotten a touchdown run from Zach Moss except referees threw a flag against Quentin Nelson on a holding call there. So Moss's touchdown was negated by that penalty. So instead of now first and goal at the 10, it is now first and goal at the 20-yard line. After that, we had a false start from Kylan Granson that pushed the ball back from the 20 to the 25. So they didn't do much with their first down play. Then on their second down play, uh, Minshew dropped back got some pressure, and it ended up getting intercepted by the Bengals. And they didn't do anything with that drive. The, the Bengals didn't. This was one of the, the, the few times the Colts were able to, to stop the Bengals in this game. But still, that was looking like, you know, at, at very very least, I, although he'd missed one earlier in the day, at the very least it was looking like a field goal there for Indianapolis. But they didn't get any points from this drive. This was their, their one offensive turnover, uh, the other turnover coming on special teams, the, the McKenzie-Amir speed punt. Uh, that we were talking about, or that I was talking about just a minute ago. And uh, you'll, you'll hear from me, I, I said this, and I hadn't listened to Shane Steichen's post-game comments yet, and then I listened to Colts, uh, to Steichen's uh, post-game comments, and I, I had said, you know, boy, it was just kind of that day for the Colts, and uh, those thoughts echoed by Colts head coach Shane Steichen. Let's listen to his post-game availability after this 34-14 to loss. All right, uh, just start, uh, no injuries uh, to report uh, as of now, so ready when you guys are. Yeah, I just think the complimentary football, we've been talking about playing complimentary football, um, you know, the last couple of weeks and trying to put out, you know, a great effort today, and a lot of self-inflicted stuff happened out there today. You know, we get a drive going, penalty moves us back. We get another drive going, penalty moves us back. You know, we get a holding call. Um, a lot of that stuff, shoot, the, the, the punt, you know, you know, Amir runs into, I mean, uh, <laughs> I say in that situation, like, geez, Louise, you know, stuff like that. Um, it was it was a wild game. Uh, a lot of self-inflicted stuff that we got to get cleaned up uh, going forward. 
I know. Uh, I wish I had a great answer for you. I really do. Um, you know, it was just one of those days. It was not our day. And uh, I have full confidence in that group that's in that locker room uh, that will get it cleaned up uh, going forward. Uh, not that I know. I don't know. Yeah, they, they right there was whatever. It would have been third and seven or I think second and 17. They were already in field goal range. So felt good with our defense. Hey, get a stop right here, and they're kicking a field goal anyway. So it was second 18. Shoot, if they pop something, it's going to be a third and seven again. Maybe who knows, right? So that was the decision that was made there. Not at all. Uh, I thought we had a great week of preparation. Um, thought the guys were locked in. The energy was great in the locker room for the game, pregame warm-ups, all that stuff. Uh, felt really good, and uh, it wasn't our day, obviously. Well, you land on uh, everyone in that locker room, players, coaches, right? You know, obviously the leaders on our on our team, those veteran leaders, um, obviously the coaches as well, uh, getting those things cleaned up. And really, like I said, a lot of self-inflicted stuff, just penalties and critical situations and uh, some misfortune stuff that happened out there today. And it was just kind of an avalanche of stuff that happened that uh, we can't allow to happen going forward. You hear all the time about how games in December often won in the trenches. That didn't go your way today. How much confidence, I guess, do you have that Oh, I have full confidence in the guys up front uh, that will get that corrected. Uh, we got the we got the right men in that room. Obviously, like I said, today wasn't our day. You know, credit to Cincinnati. They did some good things and made some big plays. Uh, this is what it was. Well, do, you, do you think this is a little bit of a trend of the running game to get some raw energy out, obviously, but just not being able to kind of do it? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know if it's a trend, right? I mean, sometimes you have two weeks where it doesn't happen. The next week, you might pop for two hundred. So I, you know, I don't have a great answer for you there. We got to go back and watch tape, evaluate it, and make sure we get it cleaned up though in a hurry. I know. I mean, maybe they, I got to go back and look at the tape, but yeah, they popped a few. Obviously, some big ones uh, that were explosive. So I got to go back and look at the tape and, and look at it. Yeah, no, Ronnie did a great job. Obviously, that was a huge momentum for us right there before the half, getting that pick. Um, again, I got to go back and look at the tape, but obviously getting an INT right there was big by Ronnie. Do you think that the screens maybe made it a little harder on the pass rush? I think it depends on situations. You know, you know, you always got to be alert for screens, but when are they calling them? Uh, first and 10, second and pass situations, who knows? Um, but I think, you know, they obviously hit the screens at the right time. You know, you can hit those at the right time, and it looks like they did. I got to go back and watch the tape, though. Yeah, no, I got to go back and look at the tape. I have no concerns about Matt. Um, obviously, we missed the PAT and a field goal, but have full confidence in Matt. I mean, yeah. yeah. I know I got to go back and look at the tape, but you know, credit to Cincinnati, they did a good job protecting. All right, all right, I guess. And those were the postgame comments from Colts head coach Shane Steichen after the 34 to 14 loss. As we recap it here on the Colts Blue Zone podcast, just self-inflicted wounds, the Colts unable to recover in this one, and, and just one of those days. Now, Steichen also addressed uh, kind of a key sequence in this game, and it's important to, to go over these things, too, because, you, you know, it's always easy to armchair quarterback. It's always easy to armchair coach. You see something, and you're like, why did they do that? They should have done this. It would have been better result if they had thought about it this way, and, and it's very easy to fall on those things, but he did address kind of a key sequence here in this game. Now, when the Bengals scored their second touchdown of the second half, Cincinnati got flagged for an illegal blindside block. The Colts had to decide then whether to go for it on, uh, whether to go to a third and seven situation, because on that play, 
uh, Zaire Franklin had buried the Bengals runner for a four-yard loss or accept the penalty. I believe this was a 15-yarder. So it would have gone from, uh, from what was a second and third for the, the Bengals to either a third and seven, which is you take the result of the play and you hope that you get a stop on third down, or you push that ball back 15 yards and go with a second and 18. Steichen had kind of said in that postgame availability that, you know, they had pretty much decided that the Bengals were going to get a field goal regardless. So they were going to seed that field goal on a third and seven play, hoping that the defense would get the stop. Steichen ended up declining the penalty there. So that set up a third and seven instead of a second and 18. On that third down play, unfortunately for the Colts, the Bengals got a six-yard pass to set up a fourth and one. The Bengals were able to convert there. They converted that first down, and the Colts were unable to stop them, and that resulted in a touchdown. And that was, it wasn't the deciding factor in this game, but it was certainly a major turning point because the Colts, who had rallied from a two-touchdown deficit earlier, now faced another two-touchdown deficit. And you, you kind of think that maybe if it's a 10-point game at that point instead of a 14-point game, maybe they're kind of able to eke their way into this one. I don't think that that was going to be the case here because, again, this was just one of those days for the Indianapolis Colts. All right, let's take a look at some key statistics here for Indianapolis in the box score. Minshew, 26 of 39 for 240 yards, touchdown, interception, three sacks, including the one on the very first play of the game here. Zach Moss, 13 carries, 28 yards, 2.2 average. The Colts run game absolutely going nowhere right now. Moss added four catches for 28 yards. Michael Pittman Jr. continues to be the Colts passing game. Eight catches for 95 yards. He also had that two-point conversion catch. Will Mallory, five receptions, 46 yards for him in this game. He seemed to be the featured tight end this week. Josh Downs, three catches, 32 yards. Alec Pierce, a couple catches for 22 yards. Pierce with that big game last week, not able to quite, uh, you know, follow that one up with a big performance. Kylan Granson, a couple of catches, 17 yards. Mo Alley-Cox, one catch for two yards. He had that touchdown. Colts were three for 11 on third down, one for two on fourth down. Outgained uh, significantly in this game, 385 yards to 272 yards. And the, uh, the Bengals were also significantly better on yards per play in this one. And, you know, I just kind of noted that throughout the whole season, when we mentioned Bernard Ryman, uh, the Colts' left tackle, we don't really have to mention him very often. And when we do mention him, we get to say good things, like he had a solid game. Well, th- this was a rough one for Ryman, uh, playing one of, the, one of the great pass rushers in this league, or at least great pass rushers for the Bengals, Trey Hendrickson, and he got exposed a little bit in this game. Um, like I said, that first, uh, first sack was a bull rush, and then the Sendrickson's uh, second sack, I believe, came off of Ryman as well. He had a couple of penalties in this game. He just had a, a rough one, and, and he was going up against an excellent pass rusher this week. You don't like it when you have to talk about your left tackle because when you're not talking about your left tackle, that means they're doing a good job. And really, for the most part this season, Ryman has been playing very, very well. And I, I think that the Colts may have found something here in left tackle of the future. That doesn't mean that he's always going to have a great game every time. And, you know, given that the fact that he is not the only one who had a rough game in this one for the Colts, I mean, you can look at a, a lot of things on offense, the, the line not being able to make up uh, much room in the running game, Zach Moss not being able to 
find much there or be effective. The, the defense just allowing long drives and big chunk plays and, you know, not being able to, to identify a screen pass early on. Uh, the Bengals were able to hit a really – trying to take advantage of that aggressive pass rush from the Colts here, and it really came to, to get them, especially early in this game and, and a couple other points as well. So I'm not going to kill Ryman for having a rough game here because everybody else did. It just is noticeable that in a season where he has been pretty solid on the year, you know, we're, we're noticing – that we, we have to call him. Uh, we had to call his name a couple of times because of some of the things that happened on the field because he had a rough game. So that's kind of how things shook out on the offensive side of things. Let's hear from quarterback Gardner Minshew. Yeah, no, I mean, I think we're all on the same page. You know, today wasn't, um, wasn't what we're about, wasn't what we want to be about. Uh, a lot of self-inflicted, um, you know, wounds. We got to figure it out. We got to learn from this, grow. Um, but I think we should still have a lot of confidence in the body of work we put on tape this year uh, and the work we've done together. So I think we're going to come together, get better, and uh, be ready to go next uh, Saturday. I think it definitely was out of character. I mean, especially as kind of what we've been doing these last few games, you know, kind of just scrapping, fighting, clawing, finding a way. Um, and, you know, even there, you know, for that rant run, they got, a, you know, the holding is like, man, we're going to find a way to get back. I think everybody genuinely feels that way, um, no matter when the game is. But, um, yeah, just got some things you got to clean up and, um, you know, put better ball on tape. Yeah, I don't know, man. Just a couple, you know, play here or there. You know, something's going well, the drive's going well. Penalty, you know, something's going, you know, just one thing or another. Uh, wasn't anything or anybody in particular. Like, we all have mess ups today. Um, I think we just have to tighten up. We have to have that sense of urgency all week because um, we're playing really uh, important, meaningful ball right now, and um, we got to prepare that way. Mm hmm. Um, I don't know why I stumbled. I don't know if I did stumble. Maybe I did. Uh, I think that other guy might have stumbled too, you know, who knows, coming out of that. But, uh, no, nah, I felt good, dude. Um, well, you know, good, you know, after getting hit by, you know, two two dudes. You know, it's not great, not ideal pause, but, um, you know, all good. Yeah, it was huge, man. It got us right back in position. Um, I think that was one of the good things, you know, wasn't a ton of good things out there today, but one of the good things is I felt like we all, you know, gen genuinely believed that no matter at any point of that game, we were going to figure it out and, you know, find a way. Uh, and I think as long as you have that belief uh, in yourself and the team, you're going to have a chance to win games. Is it more frustrating because it was so much of self Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but it's also encouraging, you know, because we can go out and we can fix those things, you know. And if we do, we have a shot to be a really good team. So I think we're going to double down this week at our process of practice and um, just continue to get better. All right. All right. Thank you. You just heard from Indianapolis Colts quarterback Gardner Minshew on the Colts Blue Zone podcast. And, you know, you, you've listened to this show probably, if, if you have. Thank you so much for listening to us. You've heard Gardner talk before. And, you know, he, he says a lot without saying much. 
but you know it, it's usually a, a positive message that he reinforces from the team, and, and this is just not what they expected when they went out for this game. This is not at all what Indianapolis thought they would do against the Bengals. They, they felt they had a good week of prep, and, and football teams will always tell you that, but you know he says they're not deterred from their goal of trying to reach the playoffs here. All right, let's look at some defensive statistics here. Zaire Franklin, 14 tackles. Uh, that did put him back in the league lead. We've got a couple of games left in uh, for, for Monday Night Football this week. DeForest Buckner with eight tackles. Daryl Baker Jr., seven tackles. Julian Blackman with seven tackles. Grover Stewart, welcome back, Grover Stewart. Five tackles. Ronnie Harrison Jr., four tackles. He did have that interception that uh, he returned for a touchdown. But a couple of key statistics here. The Colts, who had been on a furious pace of pass rushing with multiple sacks, finishing with six sacks in a couple of games here recently, Zero sacks in this particular ball game, and it was just uh, Jake Browning doing whatever he wanted to and hanging in there in the pocket. Even when the Colts got some pressure on him, he stood there in the pocket and was able to deliver the ball. And the box score has the Colts with just three quarterback hits. So they were not even, uh, most of the game, not even in the area code of the quarterback here. Now, Browning did a good job of getting the ball, getting it out quickly. I, they noticed that uh, they pointed that out during the broadcast that you know he's there in the pocket hanging in there, but he's getting the ball rid of the ball very very quickly. And you know the best way to blunt another team's pass rush when it's doing well is to you know get rid of the ball quickly. And the Bengals were able to do this uh, thanks to their backup quarterback who did leave the game. We saw AJ McCarron in this one for a little while because of uh, what apparently was a thumb cramp from Browning in this game. Uh, not that at that point of the game, I don't think it uh, really would have mattered that much. The game was already out of hand. Uh, the Bengals were pretty close to putting this game away uh, after that second touchdown that they scored it to, to make it a 28-14 game. And of course, Colts didn't score another point after halftime, so <laughs> didn't really have to do too much there. Another key stat, uh, penalties. Uh, nine penalties for 66 yards for the Colts here. I mentioned they were the beneficiaries of one earlier in the game where, uh, you, you know, they, they had a roughing the passer called on Minshew. This uh, Hendrickson, it was actually Hendrickson who had a nice game for the Bengals, hit Minshew late in the back on his blind side after he threw a pass. And that kept a drive alive for the Colts, and it led to their only, that drive led to their only touchdown. So, you know, yes, there were also impactful penalties for the Bengals, but it really felt like uh, some silly penalties for the Colts really hurt this team. And uh, so there you have it, nine of them for 66 yards. So while the performance was not what we wanted from this team, and it's not what fans wanted and really not what we expected. Now, now Dave, on Thursday's podcast, did mention he thought the Colts were due for a letdown, and I really couldn't disagree with that, but I thought the Colts would have their letdown against Tennessee last week. It, uh, unfortunately, it was a total collapse for the team this week in all phases of the game. Uh, they, you know, and, and that's the thing is... In this NFL, where the margins are so tight and your, your margin for error is so thin, the Colts were able to still rally from that early two-touchdown deficit to tie things up and you know make it look like you might have a game in the second half. But when it came to the second half, just unable to get some key stops, had some silly penalties, and, you, you know, again, I, I'm not going to criticize too harshly on Shane Steichen, but... You do wonder, what if, what if, what if 
in that goal line situation with the Bengals when they, when they got into the red zone there for their second touchdown. What happens if the Colts accept the penalty and you push the Bengals back 15 yards and because you're not deep, you're not able to pass deep anymore because you're, you know, in that compacted area near the goal line, maybe they're not able to get those big plays and convert that first down uh, with a couple of throws. But on the other hand, the way things were going since, you know, it was just one of those days for the Colts, then it may not have mattered all that much. And with what we saw from the offense, with some mistakes, uh, that, that holding call against Quentin Nelson, uh, again, really hurt because it looked like they had a score there on that play. And then, you know, the, the proximate result of that was unfortunately an interception. And again, the Bengals didn't do anything off of that interception. They ended up having to punt, but you've just missed out on points. And in this NFL and in with this team where we have seen, you know, red zone has not been their friend anyway. They've been a very poor red zone team for much of the season. And it, it feels like, you know, they ended up having to go, go for it on fourth down a lot in order to make things happen. And uh, they've done it to their credit. They've done it a lot this season, but this, this was just not their game there against the Bengals. Now the Colts are still seventh if the playoffs started today. You're looking at like a multi-team tiebreaker with some head-to-head stuff involved and like AFC conference record being figured in. And with four games left, the Colts still have the chance to make the playoffs here. They would really help themselves if they could beat the Pittsburgh Steelers on Saturday. You know, despite their loss, they did get some breaks this week, you know, and that's why they're still in the seventh spot is because – Houston was unable to take advantage. Uh, The thing that hurts probably the most is that the Colts had a chance to really put the Bengals' playoff hopes on ice for a bit. They really had the chance to distinguish themselves amongst all these teams that are sort of muddled in this 7-6 and area of, of the playoff picture. They were not able to get that separation. They got a loss from Jacksonville this week. And again, Jacksonville swept the Colts this season, has essentially a a three-game lead over them. The Colts have to best Jacksonville by a game, whereas for the Houston Texans, split with Jacksonville. If those teams end up with the same record, then they have a tiebreaker that comes down to the divisional record. But if the Colts and Jacksonville finish with the same record, then it doesn't matter because Jacksonville has the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Colts. So they, they had a chance to pick up another game and try to get that extra game up on the Jaguars were unable to do it this week. And then again, the Steelers losing uh, surprisingly a little bit. Not surprisingly, I guess, with, with their starting quarterback being out, but the Colts were unable to benefit from that to get some separation there. They'll have another chance against the Steelers. Uh, not great uh, news for the Houston Texans this week. Uh, one of my coworkers is from the Houston area and is a Houston Texans fan. And so, you know, we've been just talking about our teams being a surprise this year. And C.J. Stroud in the concussion protocol for the Texans is a big deal for that team because that guy has been playing great, absolutely fantastic season as a rookie in the NFL this year. To have him in the concussion protocol seriously hurts the Texans' chances, if this is anything that's going to linger. Also, their standout wide receiver, Nico Collins, also suffering an injury for the Texans this week. And they already lost Tank Dell, who had made some big plays for the Houston Texans. So that could really set up a big game in Week 18 
or you know, it may be the fact that with if Stroud's not able to play for a bit, it, it may really hurt their playoff chances. There are some playoff scenarios, and it's crazy to me that there are some playoff scenarios in play in which the AFC South, which one of the worst divisions in football, especially last season, the AFC South could end up with three teams in the playoffs. You'd, you'd have your division winner, of course, they'd get in automatically, but after that, you've got the Texans and the Colts fighting for those wild card berths, and there are only three of them. So, you know, that would be an impressive feat from uh, a conference or a division that has just not been uh, very good over the last few seasons. So, again, next up for the Colts, they host the Pittsburgh Steelers at Lucas Oil Stadium on Saturday. That is an NFL Network game nationally, and then locally it'll be picked up on CBS4 here in the Indianapolis market. That is a 4.30 kickoff key AFC game for the Colts. It's looking like the Steelers will probably be without their starting quarterback, Kenny Pickett, so we'll probably see Mitch Trubisky for the Steelers. But again, as we've seen with Gardner Minshew, as we saw with Jake Browning, sometimes the backup quarterbacks can get it done. It's not always pretty, as we've seen, especially if you've watched the Colts this season. But some other teams are, you know, really desperate when it comes to having to have a backup quarterback in there. The Colts have been fortunate that, like, Minshew's not been the best ever at any stretch of the imagination, but he has brought a steadying presence. He has been solid for the Colts, and that's about all that you can ask for. We will preview that game. We'll break down this matchup with the Steelers. We'll take a look at the AFC playoff picture, a little closer look in our upcoming episode of the Colts Blue Zone podcast with Dave Griffiths and Mike Chappell. We'll have that on Thursday for you. Until then, again, your final out of Cincinnati 34 to 14 Bengals just absolutely taking it to the Colts this week. I'm Matt Adams for the Colts Blue Zone podcast.